Oh, g'day. My name is Ben Dunstan, and I'm from My Expert Building Consultant. Real people, real community, real conversations. Great to know you've tuned into this episode. Let me introduce Robert Dunstan, fondly known as Ben the Builder. Robert, aka Ben the Builder, is the founder and director of My Expert Building Consultant. My Expert Building Consultant was born from the success of Master Building Works Proprietary Limited, a family-owned business on the New South Wales Central Coast, specialising in designer luxury home construction and building consultancy services. Embracing the unusual and quirky, let Robert handle your building stress, episode six of the podcast, let me introduce your host, Craig Fisher. Okay, I'm with Robert Dunstan, aka Ben the Builder, mate. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Craig. Yeah, welcome aboard, mate. So just tell us a bit about your story. Nice to be here. Well, I was born and bred on a poultry farm in North Epping in 1954. and uh, my Not fa- so long ago? Not so long ago. My father came back from a war somewhere. Um, actually, a twin, uh, twin sister. So um, I uh, was always interested in building, you know, in the backyard, the, the bush carpenter. Yeah. Cubby houses and so forth. Nice. And, um, yeah, became a carpenter and joiner. I started my carpentry and joinery apprenticeship down in North Sydney in so, 1971. So your love came from building tree houses and cubby houses and yep. passion began from there. Yep. Uh, yeah. The best thing our father ever did for us was nothing, actually. He showed us how to do it and, you know, the black thumbs and splinters and it was all part of the, the learning process. So tell us a little bit about the apprenticeship. Yeah, so it started off down North Sydney Way on the high-rise uh, residential apartment buildings. Uh, yeah, first job you could see the Sydney Harbour Bridge from where we were. Oh, wow. And uh, one week later, the Concorde jet flew over, so it was that, you know, era. That would have been spectacular. Yeah, it was the first time it actually flew into Australia. Oh, right. They're not around anymore, are they? No, we had a uh, fuel leakage problem and that was one that. caught on fire. <laughs> that, was that was only, that. Yeah, it was only a simple matter, really, but they grounded the whole fleet and you know, that was the end of it. Yeah, so let's talk about apprenticeship. So you started the apprenticeship. Concord flew in and you went to the top because you're a pretty successful builder, building trade. But tell us a little bit about the journey from apprenticeship to, you know, being the top of your game. Okay, then, well, I've had a good cross-section of uh, construction work. Uh, ended up getting a start up in the Northern Territory, uh, completing a gold mine up in Arnhem Land. Oh, yeah? That would have been a great experience. It was, yeah, very remote and, uh, you know, had a pretty disciplined effort up there. The money was good. Uh, and then I had a contact in an Irish crew uh, doing all the civil works around the Central Coast. We built a lot of the water treatment works and sewage treatment works. Um, all right. Civil, yeah, projects to serve the people. So you were the uh, the glue, part of the glue that holds the very fabric of society here on the Central Coast these days. Yes, yes. When you have a nice glass of water or go to the toilet, you can think of me and the Irish crew. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me, so the, I, I, I know you're a humble man, so um, I believe your beautiful wife just wanted to make mention of some awards. So let's let's get you to yes. mention some of, some of your track record because I'd really like the viewers to hear that. One of my apprentices in particular out of uh, 35 apprentice carpenter joiners was uh, my middle-aged daughter, Jane. Oh, 
Yep. Shout mm-hmm. out to Jane. Yeah, big shout out to Jane. She did so well. She ended up topping uh, New South Wales in the apprenticeship um, awards, and also she was ducks of the uh, Arimbi University. Oh, chip off the old block, mate. Chip off the old block. I'd say so myself. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, yes, and that was very uh, made me feel very proud. Oh, you would have been very proud. Yep. You know, as a father, as a mentor. Yes, and yeah. now she's gone on in her forty years of age and uh, working for uh, you know a government department as a quality uh, officer. Uh, yeah, oh. and she just likes to help people. Yeah, well, that's a that'd be a bottomless pit pit of work. That yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you've also got a son? Yes, my son also did his carpentry and joining apprenticeship under his old man, the master, myself. Um, and he's gone on to become a successful builder in his own right. And that was uh, very proud of very you. Very proud moment for you too, yes. So two, uh, two peas of the pod. Yes. Yep. So yep. they're going to uh, a, um, a uh, contingency plan. <laughs> All right, so back to the Irish crew. Yeah, so they're, they're joyful guys to work with. You know, they, they worked hard and played hard. Um, yeah, uh, Con O'Brien, uh, the black Irishman, was known to say, when he got a little bit rough with his work, he'd say, it's okay. He said, it's a long way from Dublin. They won't see it from there. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so, and you, yeah, so. Yeah, the great crew to work with the Irishmen. They um, were great improvisers. You know, if they had a need for a particular piece of timber or something, they didn't have it. I saw a bloke heading off into the bush with his axe one time. He came back, cut a sapling down, and I used it as a prop. So, oh, that's yeah. up there for thinking, down there for dancing, isn't it? Great improvisers. Absolutely. So, yeah. so from there, you went on to building, because I. If we future pace now, I, like I have fond memories of when I was uh, a child and a younger man of uh, yourself working with my father as yes. well. Yeah, so that's, I guess that's where we've got our, our a bit of our history together. Yeah. Um, so you just tell us a bit about you know when you're in the building game. With yeah, our- I really enjoyed the time together working with our our Fisher Craig's dad. He's got a fantastic work ethic, and he um, uh, pushes the team along nicely. Gets get some cracking. Yeah, yeah, he does. Absolutely, he does. Well, um, you know, shout out to Dad. But I, I, I recall, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, you're the first that my father ever kind of let the reins off for himself. Yeah, so he, he yeah. I, I, I sense that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. did. We had a great uh, yeah. work ethic together, and uh, a- absolutely. And I, and I, I really feel that um, you know that that's a real <laughs> testament to you and and your building and. Uh, where you're where you're going with your new business? So let's just talk about the new business. So we've come through, we've gone to the top. You're at the top of your game now as a builder. You've come to the the next job site. You're on the job site, and then yeah, well, this particular job site on the Central Coast, I was engaged to uh, initially as the project manager. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the uh, developers got tangled up with uh, a, a bodgy builder. Yeah, they did. They did, very bodgy. If someone asked them to pick a bad builder, they couldn't have uh, done any better. I think they got the worst. Got the gold medal for it, eh? Got the gold medal mm. for it. So, you know, I helped them through the uh, court process and, uh, you know, getting extracting as much money out of a, a bent system. Um, yep. To help them on their way. So tell us a little bit about that. So, so you you you're on the site engaged as the builder, and then from there you saw an opportunity with 
your new business? Is that yes. kind of where, where that was born or where it was That's forged? Right, yes, I, uh, I met a fellow uh, building consultant, expert witnesses up from Sydney who was also doing some other court work for the developers. And uh, once I met the man and had a look at what he was doing, uh, I definitely knew straight away that that's something I could do at the top of the game. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like there's quite a big market for it now. The the more you and I talk about it, and the from uh, more yes. than what I see and what I see in real estate, like it sounds like a, it just could be a bottomless pit of wealth, uh, not wealth, a bottomless pit of work. Uh, it's uh, funny you should say that, Craig. Just come back a little bit. Um, Funny you should say that. You know, um, a senior lawyer that I know, his father was a builder, and he said to a room full of builders, he said, you always want to remember, lads, he said, there's more builders go broke in good times than in bad times. Why is that? Well, when there's lots of cream and things are great, bit of a party atmosphere, making plenty of money, you can drop your guard and um, Uh, think that it's going to keep coming and coming with minimal effort. Uh, however, yeah, when you get complacent and a bit comfortable, yeah, the cycle repeats, right? Cycle repeats. F- flush. Yep. Yeah, and then round we go again. Yeah. So, uh, is there a lot of work born out of that for, for you? A lot of work born out of that for you? Like yes. Is there a lot of you can, and probably now, but what you can see coming. Yes, um, you know, because we're in one of those times, right? We're yeah. at the top of it. Typically, yeah, during busy times, and you know, you only want much work as you can manage yourself. Mm. If it gets beyond that, you start employing many others. Yes, uh, they may not be quite as reputable. Um, you've only got to have a crew member upset one of the clientele, mm. or uh, you know, trample a, a garden bed or something like that. Oh and yes, not clean up after them, being disrespectful the way that's been. The, the rose bush has been in the family for a hundred years. Yeah, mm. and uh, you know, well, the culmination of that is when the builder puts his hand out for his last payment because they're not happy to part with it. There's mm. issues. Clunk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quality. You know, people going faster and harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 okay. So, harder, faster, quality work drops. So, then your new business, let's talk about that. So, how's this going to help people in, in real estate? So, let's look at it from a consumer's point of view. So, yes. um, uh, Joan and Darby of uh, their, their builders come in, they've, They've got themselves into a bit of a stop a spot with the builder because things aren't quite as they should be. So, how is it that you can best help them in their situation? Yes, uh, it's probably probably not just financially as well, but also to steer them in the right direction to get the project finished. Yeah, it's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, really. And you know, um, the mum and dad or the homeowners have got a, a type of home in mind, their dream home. Mm. Uh, however. Then they may go and select a property with a great view. Uh, however, the two aren't compatible. Uh, and what needs to be done in the process is the uh, prospective clients need to sit down and have a bit of a yarn with the with the old builder. Yes. And talk about compatibility. Will this fit there? And it, it may well fit on the block. However, so c- c- compatibility. We're talking about compatibility for the block and we're also talking yes. compatibility for the builder? Yes, the design of the you know dwelling, uh, it will you can fit on it any block. However, the site costs may be astronomical. Mm. You know, to excavation, retaining, drainage, and so forth. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you and I have walked onto a couple of sites, and one of the things that's impressed me most about you is when we uh, when we rock straight up on the site, I can already see your eye moving from left to right, and you've actually already sized it up, topography and the like, just where things water's going to fall. Uh, yeah. I think it's a, it's a pretty an amazing talent you've got, actually. You're right on the pulse there, Craig, because what an experienced builder's looking for on a site, he's looking for the services, the power, the gas, the sewer, the stormwater drainage, the lay of the land, any um, wet spots in adjoining blocks and so forth. Mm. Um, you know, other than, like, not particularly the view mm. and, and so forth. So, yeah, you know, compatibility of the site conditions. Yeah, site conditions, yeah, great choice of words. Yeah. All right, so let's say Joan and Darby have selected the builder. We're building the well, – they're away, they're building uh, – all of a sudden, we turn a corner, John and Darby realise that things aren't going to plan with their builder. They're not necessarily happy with what's going on in the building. Um, where does my expert come in? Well, typically, if you were to look at a project builder where the uh, main aim of the project builder is to come along and create a level pad to put a level concrete slab on, uh, then when the owner comes back for their first site inspection a month later and horrified to find that the nice sloping block has been excavated deeply down into an existing drainage system. <laughs> that, 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 that would hurt. That would really yeah. hurt. They don't mm. really... Because they're not the experts and they haven't sat down with the builder and had it explained to them. Mm. Uh, it's really all about the bottom line and they you know, do achieve the lowest price. But at a cost, unfortunately. At a cost to the owner. At a cost. So, so then let's say, okay, so Joan and Darby now, things are going well with the builder. We need to separate ourselves from the builder and now we're looking to engage your services to get compensation or reparation back so that we can actually reset ourselves and go again. So just tell us a bit about that process. Well, the process begins with a discussion uh, with between the um, consumer and the builder. Uh, once that starts breaking down, the client may, the consumer may well head to fair trading and make a complaint about the builder mm. um, who, you know, won't uh, repair works to, you know, a tradesman-like standard um, and then, you know, look at defects and so forth. And unfortunately, when the heads butt and they don't reach agreement, the two of them, and then it's heading, gets out of fair trading hands, heading for NCAT into the New South Wales court system. And once it enters that, you've got an applicant and a respondent. Mm -hmm. It becomes very time-consuming and an expensive process. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about the process then. So... Joan and Darby have engaged your services now. What does it look like for them so that we can get a bit of a reset and keep going? Okay. Well, if um, Darby and Joan were, were the applicant in the process uh, you know, against the, the builder, then there would be a log of claims uh, that could only be made as per the Australian standards and the National Construction Code. Mm -hmm of, uh, you know, substandard workmanship and so forth. Because often in these matters, the builder truly believes in his own mind that he has done a, a quality job. I can see that. Yeah, where in fact, uh, it's just not the case. Uh, the problem is when someone's doing something for many, many years, it just becomes the norm. Uh, and often they do get away with it and pick up momentum and 
eventually they're going to come up against the wrong client that has got an eye for quality and so forth. Yes, yes, I understand that. Mm. So, so Jonah, Darby and Joan, I'm saying Joan and Darby, Darby and Joan. Okay. So <laughs> they've, they've now sort of said, okay, Ben, we really want to move on from this builder and get to the other one. What are the steps looks like for us when we get into to, to NCAP? What are our – is it an expensive process? Is it a, the associated cost with it or is it something that um, we, we try and get in and do some sort of mediation beforehand before we get to that? Because, you know, because things can start getting expensive once you get too far down that rabbit hole, even mm. though I could argue it's probably cheaper than letting the builder finish a house that's never going to be right. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, there is a mediation process where you can sit down uh, together in, in the uh, the courtrooms and try and work it out. Um, quite often people are set in their ways. Uh, the, unfortunately, the consumer has a lack of understanding of building terminology, what they thought they were going to get um, and what they actually got. Of course, yes. So sometimes it may well be that when you've got an expert witness who's got all the documentation, the plans, specifications, basics and so forth, that um, they may have gone off uh, half-cocked the owner and and uh, you know, they need the regulations spelled out. Uh, that the builder is actually in the right. He could be in the right. Oh, and the, oh, yeah, so it's actually two-way street. So there's two words. There's the interpretation and expectations. So oh, Yeah, they're, they're two very different two, words, aren't they? Yeah, because the, the builder is... Um, supposedly an expert in his trade but what the what the builder could give to a consumer is a list of everything they are getting however they didn't give them a list of all the things they're not getting ah right so that's the gap that forms for someone that's a bit shifty that could be a big gap then a big gap to operate within all the things that they didn't tell someone they're not getting yeah. and they are of more often than not all the things that the consumer thought they were getting uh, they're not getting. That's when the problems right, start. I can see the disparity there. Absolutely, we can. Mm. Absolutely. So, so then your role is to try and tight get everybody in a place of mediation yes. where we can get a nice harmonious outcome. Would be the ideal. Yep. And if not, what does it look like for an exit for both parties? Well, or what does it look like for you to stay together? Yeah, now you're right on the focus of it there. So the first thing a, an expert witness building consultant would make aware to the people and the builder that neither party's going to get 100% of what they want or believe is correct. So there's got to be a bit of negotiation there. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, great word, negotiation. Yeah. And usually in those negotiations, the person negotiating that's offering something is offering something that means that's going to cost them the least... Yes. And offer the most value to the other party. Right. I understand that. So then you're, you you decode that so that there's actually uh, a happy medium in there. Yes. It's usually more often than not comes down, the most important words are scope of works. So the scope of works has got to adequately describe what the builder is doing. Sometimes the builder will use less words than what are required to describe what he's going to do in the hope that there may be some leeway there on when people go, oh, where's my extra electrical circuit and metering? And they go, well, it's not written on the quote. 
therefore you're not getting it. And some, the owner and the building expert might say, well, it's uh, mandatory to have an electrical meter in the circuit because you can't have an operational house without it. So in cases like that, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to be pragmatic. You've got to make decisions that are going to work and that are achievable. So tell me, Ben, what's the future hold? Well, people have always got to be mindful that there's three needs in the lives of a human. Oh, yeah, what are they? Food, clothing and shelter. And I always put my both hands up with inverted commas on two fingers on each hand and go, hey, we're in the shelter business. Yes. Uh, Next time you've got a set on your builder, remember that if it wasn't for him, you might still be living in a cave somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone needs to treat everyone with due respect. Yes, they do. Um, Because most builders just want to uphold a high standard of integrity in their building work and most of them are workaholics uh, and just want to get on with it and get a good rapport going with the clients and they don't mind doing a bit extra work like we'll oil hinges and adjust little things. Uh, we even made a dog kennel for a bloke once because he was a nice bloke. The dog wasn't so nice but <laughs> but uh, you've know, got to be my And then, of course, you've got, apart from your, your three needs, food, clothing and shelter, once you've um, adequately addressed those with your, your shelter, your building, then you can look at your wants. You know, you want the pink door, you want the gold taps, you want that, but there's often got to be a separate budget uh, for yes. the wants. As well, from Other, the needs, yeah. a- absolutely. Because otherwise you might find that you can't afford to buy the property. Yeah. Because you're trying to lump your needs and your wants all in together. Um, you know, there's always two parties in any any agreement. So you've got the homeowner, consumer, and you've got the builder or, or all the trades or, or what have you. And people have got to be mindful that if you're just going to be driven by dollars and snap up the lowest price as quick as you can, well, often those consumers are almost as much to blame as the uh, yeah. shonky tradesmen. Yeah. One thing I've learned about that, Ben, of the three quotes from the, the cheapest to the most expensive, if you take the cheapest, by the time you get back to it, you should have taken the most expensive because it actually cost you more than that. You're dead right about that, mm. Craig. And what I always used to do was ask people not to go straight to the back page and look at the price. What I wanted to tell them and explain to them was what they're actually getting for their money. So, But what, I've do, what I do now, I actually put my price on the front page so they see the price first and get that out of the way. <laughs> the and that's very satisfying <laughs> for the people. And then I'm also able to demonstrate how much the tax man's making out of the deal. Of and course. the builder's just getting the net amount. And then once they get that price out of the way, and then we continue on to tell them actually what they're getting for their money, which is the important thing. And the, the important thing is, will this satisfy your needs? Otherwise, we're going to end up with my expert consultant. Otherwise, that is correct. And you, and you don't want that to happen. You know, you're better off to consult an expert before you start. And the number one takeaway? And the expert can be your, you know, old uh, Ben the Builder. You know, he's 68 years of age. He's been in the game all his life. And uh, he's to be trusted and, uh, you know, consulted. On the, on the fit of uh, the design and the home, there again, what you need. What The builder wants to know what rooms do you need. 
I don't need so many bedrooms because our children have grown up and moved away. We need leisure areas and then we can take advantage of the rising sun and the breeze and, you know, a good builder will get your house breathing with you. That's the main thing. <laughs> you know, you'll triage it like a, uh, like a surgeon or a paramedic at the scene of an accident. So the most important person is the person that's not breathing because they've got two minutes. Yeah, if you're bleeding and screaming, they'll leave you because you're doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you head over to my YouTube channel, Craig Fisher Real Estate Agent, or join me on my socials at Craig Fisher Official. That was Robert Dunstan, a.k.a. Ben the Builder, my building expert consultant. Whether you're undertaking a brand new build, an extension, or making structural alterations to your home, it's always best to seek a professional's advice first. With more than 40 years in the construction industry, Robert recognises that all projects are unique, each having their own quirks and mishaps, no matter how well they're planned. Let Robert show you what to consider and prepare for during your build and how to deal with any issues that may arise. To discover more about how Robert Dunstan at My Building Expert Consultant, visit www.expertbuildingconsultant.com. Let me introduce Craig's number one takeaway. Okay, my number one takeaway from this episode. Make sure your building consultant is an independent expert. Sit down and talk with them and have a strong understanding from the get-go. That way expectations and outcomes are in alignment and holistic over the whole building project. Thanks for tuning in to the Let Me Introduce podcast. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions or give me a call or ask me on your preferred communication platform. Till next time, let me introduce real people, real community, real estate agents, your host, Craig Fisher.